And it's the 75th episode of The Wonderland. Who'd have thunk it? Anyway, obviously, it's not quite as impressive as it might be if it was the 100th episode, but I reckon we have to take these little moments of joy wherever we can find them. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's great to have you here for what promises to be yet another voyage of discovery involving the unexpected thoughts theories and observational twists and turns you can only expect from somebody who's still secretly wondering what he's going to do when he grows up. But as we all know, growing up is overrated and I can't wholeheartedly recommend it to anybody. Unfortunately, growing up also cannot be avoided unless you take extreme measures, which is also something I absolutely do not recommend. Uh, Obviously. A big part of growing up is, of course, relationships, as in the interpersonal romantic ones. To a very large extent, these do make the world go round. They are undeniably a very important part of our lives, and for most of us, they are going to be unavoidable at some time or another. Something else that's unavoidable is the next part of our show. And by sheer coincidence, it's the perfect place for us to go right now because I do happen to have a theory on this subject to share. And so here we are, once again bashing loudly on the front door of Theory Time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory Time. And welcome to Theory Time. I often think about relationships, as in romantic ones, and the reasons that they either work or don't work. There seems to be this prevailing idea that most successful ones work because of what the two people have in common and because of their ability to understand one another. Seems logical, right? Well, I've got a sneaking suspicion that the glue which keeps a lot of couples together might, in fact, be made up of rather different ingredients than we've been led to believe. First up, though, I want to deal with the tired old cliché, opposites attract. Now, not only is this true in very rare and highly unusual and dysfunctional cases, but I think it could only really be accurate if humans were actually made of magnetic material. In my experience, if opposites attract to the point of that being the genesis of a serious relationship, it's usually only a matter of time before the arrangement turns into a complete and utter train wreck. So let's turf that idea in the bin straight away, because there has to be some common ground for people to connect initially, right? And then, of course, one thing leads to another, and then to another, yada, 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 until the two people concerned decide that they want to be together or not. Of course, that decision to be together is in no way a guarantee that the decision is a good one, uh, realistic, Uh, or practicable, although it often seems, I don't know, somehow perfectly logical at the time. The reason is that every single person on the planet is an idiot, including you and obviously including me, and each of us is a different type of idiot to everyone else. And regardless of how they seem, other people are, more often than not, quite a bit different to the way you think they are. 
Because when we're in the getting to know you phase, each of us is subconsciously desperately trying to appear to be the irresistible epitome of perfection, whilst also desperately wanting to believe that the other person is exactly that as well. This, unfortunately, is human nature. But we are all different and we're all flawed and it's an unavoidable fact. And it's one that we just have to get over or around or under somehow if we want to have a lasting, successful relationship with another human being. So I think at a certain point, we realize that our relationship is not perfect and never will be. No relationship is, regardless of what literature or songs or movies might suggest. And of course, it's very important to realize that as quickly as possible and simply make the best out of the situation you're in, unless it's completely intolerable and unworkable, and then you need to get the hell out. But you probably all know this stuff anyway. So let's backtrack a bit to the point where you're trying to figure out what makes these arrangements work. Now, my thought is that a big part of maintaining attraction is keeping the other person interested. But of course, this doesn't mean that you should have to bend over backwards and try to be somebody that you're not, because you won't be able to keep that one up anyway. But what it does mean is that you need to find ways to celebrate the natural and immutable differences between you rather than see them as problems. And that isn't always easy. And it also doesn't help to be told that you have to work at making your relationships work. Just the mention of the word work seems, I don't know, counterintuitive to me. And I think it's an incredibly depressing suggestion for just about anyone. So my theory is that we should be doing the opposite of work, as in just letting stuff go. In other words, deciding not to get uptight if you don't understand why he feels the need to do this or she feels compelled to do that, as long as those things aren't, of course, harmful or illegal. To be fair, getting to the point of being able to let it go means readjusting our perspective and it might take a bit of time or at least a bit of practice. But I think in most cases it's doable and it's certainly worth a try before you, you know, go and trade one idiot for another. And if you should ultimately decide not to be in a relationship at all, well, you've still chosen an idiot. The one in the mirror. This is what I know. Theory time. And that's it for today's idiotic edition of Theory Time. So I'm guessing we definitely need a cleanser after all that. And luckily we've got just the thing, having neatly arrived once again at a Song of the Day, during which we play an excerpt from a song you've probably never heard before. So this week it's a real blast from the past, in the form of one of my own songs, written and recorded in Australia, and released on my first CD album, The Path, in 1993. It was then re-recorded in Germany the following year as the title track for my second album, but this is an excerpt from the original version. Confused? I know the feeling. Anyway, here it is, and it's called Wait For Me. Of good intentions And last calls at the bar Something's pulling me toward the moon, pulling me toward the moon. A bigger truth you will never find than a man who thinks he's losing his mind over you. But this is the path I will always take. Be 
a sneaky sneak peek of Wait For Me, the original version. And you're going to hear the rest of that song and everything else I've ever recorded and released on any of the streaming services or on my website, which is www.jeffhealy.com. Now, they do say that the best things in life are worth waiting for. Well, actually, they don't say that, but I think it's true. Anyway, that's fine as long as you don't have to wait too long. And our next segment may or may not fall into that category. But as far as I'm concerned, folks, these are... Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. Hey, Kev. Hey, Jeff. It's been a long time. Man, I'm like um, so excited. Yeah, it has been a long time. I'm so excited Okay, tell right me now, why, Kevin. I'm going to tell you why. for you to tell me um, why you're excited. So, I'm not sure if you realised, I'm not sure if you realised, but this is... This segment, this is num- number 21, it, Jeff. Oh, God. And, Bloody yeah, hell. 21. It, oh, Time yeah, flies. Well. That's crazy. I feel so, so lucky to be part of this. But, you know, if if this segment were a person, would be, like, completely legal now. Pretty much, pretty much, Kevin. Legal. And honestly, to be quite honest with you, if you feel, you feeling lucky about this is somebody feeling lucky to be gone through by the tax office 
frankly. But, you know, hey, I, I like to take the joy where I can get it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah thanks you, a lot. I appreciate it, Jeff. As well, I, oh, thanks for, well, like, raining on my parade right now. Raining and smells more like snowing on your parade. You know, the really dirty stuff. You're like, sleet, you know, it comes down <laughs> and you think, oh, this is disgusting. Sleet. That's the sort of thing I'd be doing, Kev. Exactly. But at least you'd know it was me, right? Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks. I, yeah but man. I'm just saying that. You know, I feel like we're, you know, this segment is like, We've grown so much, Jeff. It's yeah, almost like we're an adult now. Yeah, it's, it's segment an adult is like segment an adult as opposed to you know. a you know, badly behaved adolescent that it started out as. And now it's you know, basically been put on probation and it's probably Indeed. about to go into rehab. Indeed. But anyway, um, continue, Kev. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was my thought. That's it, Jeff. I mean, we can keep this segment short if you like. I mean, it's we are. like 1.30 in, uh, you know. I don't what know. else but, do we have to say, let's, really? Let's not say it. Or say you know. it. Okay. So, so you had something that you wanted to share with me, Kevin, I believe. <laughs> and that was it. That was very that, good. That was okay. That, that was it, Jeff. No, that was a that good was thing. That was the thing I wanted to share. It was an opening. I mean, it was yeah. an opening. Speaking of openings, Kevin, I was in the bathroom the you other know. day, all right, and I was... Yes. No, just oh, geez, bear with me. Now. Bear with me. Okay. Standing in front of the mirror, and I thought, okay, I'm oh, with you. really? I've got to... Oh, God. I mean... You know, do you have those days where, you know, people are really digging your your, your gig, you know, they like your, your action at the gig, you know, when you're playing your songs and everything else, and you go mm-hmm. home after the gig and you feel really, really yeah. good, and you get up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and you go, oh, God, I've got, is this what I'm stuck with, really? So, this... Yeah. No, Jeff, okay. no, no, I don't I don't have that, sorry. I, I don't. So, I well, look in the mirror and go, Wow. You look okay. really great for a well, hundred. Yeah, or for any amount of money, really. I don't mind. A hundred fifty. Oh, no, not for a hundred, not for dollars. I mean, for like for an age. Yeah. I look in the mirror and go, wow. For exactly. like a hundred years but, you old, know, you for look a twenty-five-year-old, which you are, you've had a hard life, right? But yeah, I'm twenty-five years yeah, old. But in my okay, brain. twenty-five-year-old brain. The rest, well, anyway. So, Kev, what do you do in those situations when you look? Do you like stand further away from the mirror if you find that you well, don't? Well, if look I stood further away, I actually wouldn't be able to see myself at all. In fact, I have a hard time seeing myself at all. You know. But but here's the thing. I, it's occurred to me only in the last three or four seconds that a good idea might actually be. No, I'm not kidding you. I'm <laughs> serious. To not look in the mirror again. Okay. Don't look in the mirror for an entire week. Just use the force when you're like doing your hair, or in your case, polishing your your chrome dome. Right? Use the force, Kevin. Use the force. Use the force. You know. But really, don't you don't look at your reflection for a week and see how that impacts on your mental health or not. Would you agree with this? And what comment would you have to make? You you know what? That's an interesting one. Well, there's there's a TV program that I watched yes. years ago. Maybe it's still on. It's called uh, there's some sort of like um, you know people that want to change their lives and yeah. either lose weight or get surgery or do something. And they want to change their whole body. I think it's called the Swan or something like that. And so people go in there and you know they're getting all kinds of things done and they're not allowed to look in a mirror for the entire length of time that they're getting these things done. So from nose jobs to whatever. And at the end, and it's quite a long time, so it's like six months of not looking in a mirror. And what's this program called? I think it's called The Swan. So are there any swans in the program? There are no actual swans, but the whole idea is that you that you you become good-looking at the end. I guess that's the whole idea. Right. What if you turn into a swan at the end? That would be alarming. What if you turn into a turd? You know? What? Well, frankly, either. You wouldn't be able to get your job back. If you turned up at work dressed, you know, look, and you were a swan, and you say, "Well," um, and someone says, "Yes, can I help you?" and you're like, uh, "I've just, I'm turning up for work, Mike. How are you?" Mike, um, I'm sorry, you're a swan. Well, 
Kevin, okay. okay. And, and, you, and you're a swan. Yeah. They're not going to let you in the door. That's a disaster, Kevin. So I'd be very careful about shows like that if, you're, if I were you in future. You know what, right. Jeff? I haven't watched it in a long time, but all I'm saying is that that length of time, imagine not looking in the mirror for six months. It would be really, really interesting, but I'm not sure how we, if we could not do it, if we could like actually keep ourselves from doing it, because we do it without thinking about it, right? You know, True. when you get out of the shower, especially, you know, you look hopefully in the mirror. Hopefully you look better than you did the day before. We never do, of course. We always look oh. slightly, you know, one day worse. Um, oh, God. But, it's, yeah, it's a depressing thought, isn't it? This is why I'm so glad that, that I brought it up. So, yeah, you know, really I'm feeling really bad. It's, it's really great. Hollow. Also for the listener, oh. you know, they're going to love this. Well, the listener, you know, folks, we're not talking about you here. Obviously. No, no. Clearly, we're not. We're talking about just Kevin. We're talking about Kevin looking bad in the mirror because you, no, you, you guys look fine. You all look great. Um, I, yeah, well, Kevin, on the other hand, yeah. All right. So he's off there watching the swan. He's had his TV on for the last couple of years, apparently. Yeah. Jeff, um, I'd like to listen, but listen, the swan's coming on TV. I got to go, man. Good times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. And you can catch more essential good times wisdom from Little Kev the Swan and myself in two weeks' time. Anyway, on with the show. If you were here with me on the last episode, I talked a little bit about the phenomenon of misophonia. Of miso-what, I hear some of you ask? Misophonia, a tendency to be unusually annoyed by various sounds. Now, that got me thinking again about the whole business of just being aggravated by things beyond our control. I say again because a few episodes back, I touched on how we can get really pissed off, internally at least, by a a simple, meaningless, everyday situation, and then automatically forget about it a very short time later. And in the very first episode of The Wonderland, I talked about complaining and how I reckon it's actually important and necessary to us as human beings given the way that we're wired, and maybe even a healthy kind of valve of sorts, if not overindulged. So that begs the question, am I unnaturally obsessed by this whole area? Now there's really only one way to find out, and that's for us to now march furiously into an unusually irritating episode of Jeff's Thought of the Day. Welcome to Thought of the Day. I will readily admit that I'm both fascinated and amused by pretty much any aspect of human behaviour that we can't seem to control. A lot of really good comedy is, when you think about it, pretty much based on this sort of automatic human dysfunction because we recognise it, we can relate to it, and for the most part, we're also endlessly amused by it. And I think that's healthy. Anyway, I want to talk a bit about being annoyed and why it's annoying to others. And if anyone complains about it, I'm going to be really bloody annoyed, all right? All right. Now, a buddy of mine said the other day that there's nothing more annoying than witnessing someone being annoyed about something they can't control. Now, whilst I completely understand this point of view, I know from personal experience that if I'm annoyed about something and somebody gets annoyed about me being annoyed, I get really annoyed, and then they get annoyed because I'm annoyed about them getting annoyed with me being annoyed... And, well, yeah, you know the rest. So this is what I'm going to call the loop of annoyance. And it can happen to anyone, anywhere, at any time. 
when it happened to me recently, I had to explain to the person who got annoyed with me for being annoyed that I needed in that moment to outwardly, verbally express my annoyance as a way of letting off steam, after which I'd be fine. And I was. Fortunately, that person capitulated, which I appreciated, but it became clear to me that when we're annoyed, something in our brains tells us that in that moment, we have the moral high ground and everybody else just needs to suck it up. Which, of course, is kind of ridiculous. And then I found myself thinking, well, if two people are annoyed at one another, who should give in to who? It's a very difficult question, especially if you are one of the two annoyed people. So I believe that some etiquette needs to be established here as a way to avoid interpersonal conflict in situations such as this. And I'm going to do that right now by announcing the establishment of what I like to call the Wonderland Annoyance Initiative, also known as WAI, pronounced like the word way. Even as I speak, a host of helpful and clever slogans are currently being developed by our team. I can't share all of them with you, but I can give you a couple of the front runners. Way to go. There's a way. Weigh things up. And my personal favourite, go away. I reckon that one's a real winner. Anyway, no pun intended there. Yeah, of course it was intended. Why do people say no pun intended when they fully intended the pun? I don't know. Anyway, there will be stickers and there will be coffee mugs and t-shirts and mouse pads, which just goes to show, once again, that we here at the Wonderland are all about peace, harmony, keeping it calm, and... Well, somebody shut that bloody door! And that's it for this fantastical edition of Thought of the Day, and of course, the end of our ride through the Wonderland for today. Now, those of you who've been paying attention will have noticed that the show is now coming to you every two weeks instead of every week. The reasons for this are numerous and rather dull, so I won't go into them other than to suggest that having two whole weeks to recover from an episode of The Wonderland is not a bad thing. Anyway, we will return Friday after next, so remember to tune in for more senseless conjecture and questionable wisdom right here on The Wonderland. Gotta get back to Jeff's Wonderland. Wonderland.